Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Eighty and sunny. <laughs> what else am I supposed to say? Uh, for those of you who are watching on video, David is in an undisclosed location. I know where, but I won't. No, tell I, you. I can say and I'm at the looking, Thorpe Hotel in Miami. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I call my brother's place the Thorpe Hotel. He's at yeah. his brother's house in Miami, yeah. which he described to me as a yeah. hotel. <laughs> yeah. The, the only weird thing about it is the, when they when I visit my brother in Miami, um, he has a guest room downstairs where his father in law spent much of his last years, last months of his life. And it's where my parents always stayed because they can't climb stairs. When mm-hmm. my dad was alive, mm-hmm. he couldn't climb stairs. And and now it's my room when I come. Normally, my wife and I go upstairs when my parents were here. Mm-hmm. So now it's whenever I come, I have my own spot. It's great. But yeah, it's where my dad, whenever he would visit, he would stay. So I was thinking of my dad. I'm wearing a Citadel sure. shirt today. Um, yeah, it's nice. This is uh, And you're you're with your brother, which will also make you think of your for dad. Sure. Right? So yeah, we talked about him last all night. The, all yeah. the memories are are are, 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 are Miami. Are I, I went. I went out. I told you, I went out with some players <laughs> last night. Not out. We went yep. to watch mm-hmm. gap basketball games right. at dinner. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just a. You don't have to go to the wild club scene to just feel alive. Yes. It's a really lively city. Yes. Uh, it's trafficy and it's expensive. <laughs> although the food last night was fine, but um, it's a happening place. Yeah, you you've definitely like when I was in Tel Aviv, I felt like. This is such a lively place. New York City's mm-hmm. that way to me. Miami's mm-hmm. very much that way. I love it. Yeah. Very vibrant, cultural, cosmopolitan yeah, city. Yeah, everything um, you're just, yeah, the, it, it's a lot of excitement and activity. And uh, yeah, and David's uh, David's enjoying uh, the other side of right. Florida. David lives on the west coast of Florida. He's now on I'll the east coast of Florida. I'll be back there very soon. I'll be back there very soon. I miss my home. Um, and we talked about that you know, uh, a few episodes yeah. ago where I said, you know, what's it like when you travel and you're like, you like your routine. And so when you travel, you're out I of just, your routine. I just text my wife that like uh, traveling room. It's good to you. We all go through this. It's good to be you're, if you're lucky, which I am. It reminds you of how much you enjoy not the hassles like there's hassle. It's a hassle. Listen, you go to games all the time. I don't because mm-hmm. I'm, that means I'm missing all the other games going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go, I'll go to a game tonight. I went to a game uh, uh, last week. It's a fucking hassle. It's a hassle. You can't park <laughs> on a property. Although Orlando situation is great. You park really close. Miami's mm. not going to be so easy. Um, and uh, and just the lines. And yeah, I just, I like being at my yeah. house. Yeah. And you and you don't want somebody yelling, hey, Thorpe, what do you think about? Dude, I'm just trying to watch yeah. the game. Can you please they're, shut they're up? Don't ask me no questions. Good. Um, I actually, I'm hoping to see Udonis tonight. I haven't seen him in a bit. I'm hoping, I'm hoping yeah. he's at the game that... I was there at the Heat facility yesterday, and they said they thought he'd be there tonight. So I'm hoping to see him. That's very cool. Um, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, on a on a yeah. on a negative note to start the show, David, uh, we did not talk about it Monday. Um, but uh, I'd be remiss if we did not bring it up. The Josh Giddy situation, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, guard, he is under investigation uh, by the Newport Police Department and the NBA for allegedly uh, having an improper relationship with a minor female um, in the state of California, which is where Newport Beach is. The age of consent uh, is 18 years old. Um, A minor would be anybody under the age of 18. And that is what is alleged uh, to have happened here. A picture made its way around social media sometime last week. um, And the thought was that this girl was a high school junior that is around 16 or 17 years of age, depending. below the age of 18, below the age of consent, and if it's a sexual relationship, uh, that is a crime uh, in the state of, of California. Now, David, we've talked about the NBA and when it conducts investigations before. The NBA has in its employ 
um, all types of people with various um, law enforcement background from FBI, former FBI agents, former Secret Service, former police officers. If they want to investigate and find information, they can find that information. It's not hard. They're they're very good at it. Um, and then, of course, the the Newport Police Department, as I mentioned, also investigating. But according to reports, David, the girl, the minor girl's family is allegedly not cooperating with police. Um, and so, I mean, if they're not answering questions, I don't really know how much more and how much further this can go if they're not willing to say anything. Boy, oh boy, it's a, it's a mess. I, and, I, and you and I both are smart enough to not have any opinion on what really is going on. How could we mm-hmm. possibly know? But we know what's Correct. going on in a larger scale. I, we, Literally had this conversation last night at dinner with two NBA guys, two NBA players, and my brother. Uh, our, my brother and I both have children. He's got a he's got a twenty year old and a twenty two year old. I have two twenty two year olds, which is about the age of Josh Giddy and a lot of other guys we have that are first entering the league. And we both have sons and daughters. We have a son and daughter each, and uh, we know what cities like Miami are like and LA is like. It's wild, and there's clubs everywhere, and you can make some natural assumptions. And we debated a little bit this internally some, you know, if if I'm always seeing a person out at night in a club and that's really where the relationship is typically, if not in a private place later on or before, how do you really know anything? Now, if you're visiting their house, whatever, that's a little bit different. It's uh, these athletes are constantly told uh, to be very wary. What one player who I was with last night said, he just keeps blinders on. It's the gym. He has a girlfriend he lives, he lives with, you know, has for a long time, and that's it. I was talking to a player last night that's retired now, very, very successful guy, and uh, he's 40. I've known him since he was 19, and we were laughing about the days, like when he was young and before he met the, the woman he's been married to for a long time with, has children with now. Uh, it's a fun lifestyle, man. It gets old fast. Josh is very young. Um as always, let's just cool our jets. You and I are doing that. Let's see what information comes out. We are not going to pass judgment based on Twitter. For sure not Twitter. I, I can't right. go to that site anymore. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> uh, we, right. This is where, and Henry, this, Henry's made this comment before, Gerard, so have you. This is where the NBA, I think, has let us down some, is that how do we believe them? So we want to believe them, but that doesn't mean we should believe them. Uh, it's how we used to be with the government in the 70s, with Vietnam, whatever. You want to believe them. That was a big mistake. They've not earned our trust. The NBA has not earned our trust. And uh, and we don't want a player to take advantage of his position in life uh, with an underage person, like you would want anyone to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how do we know? How do we know? How, do, how can you and I get the findings from the NBA and believe it? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we know nothing, right? All we have is this uh, alleged picture. I don't even know right. how... Uh, I don't know. How, I can't tell from a picture how old this girl is. I know nothing. Right. All I know is what's been alleged. Um, and there's been, you know, wondering of people like, how does the NBA let, and the and the Oklahoma City Thunder let Giddy play while they're you, you got to let and, him and play. You got to let him play. That, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a fair question yeah. to ask. How when when in other in other scenarios you suspend someone right away? I mean, all I can say is the league has some level of information and the Thunder have some level of information. What they have, we don't know because they're not sharing it with us. And based on what they have. They have determined they're going to let him play. Whether that's right or wrong, I can't tell you because I don't know what they're looking at. And we don't know. Last night at dinner, the two guys I was with got up. They're both very tall NBA players. The millisecond they got up, because walking in, no one noticed him. One was wearing a hat, kind of incognito. 
uh, as they walked out, immediately they were grabbed by people for pictures. This is Miami. They're used to seeing stars certain celebrities. Mm -hmm. As it turned out, it was mostly men, if not maybe all men, they took the picture with. I, I left, I, and they left right behind me. But it easily could have been a 15-year-old girl and her dad, and you can easily crop out the dad or just you know, mm -hmm. edit the picture. Sure. Man, we don't know what to believe. I, 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 if now, I think I like what you said. You would think the Thunder looked into it some, and, and yet, and you, you know, we're, we are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. It's not like it took a picture of a bong or a gun or something like that where it's very obvious. Man, girls, just because you have a picture, you have no idea anything of the context. No idea. So let's just wait. But listen, if there's, if there's something improper, mm -hmm. I hope they come down right. hard. Uh, but, that's, but he deserves a, uh, to be treated normally until then. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there's Absolutely. nothing going on, but we don't know. Yeah, we, we don't know. And, uh, and honestly, again, to, to, to wrap up on it, David, if the family is not cooperating, yeah. which, by the way, is a whole other level of privilege, right? That they can decide we're, we're not we're not answering any questions. Like again, if, if police are investigating uh, anybody else or 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 in a in a lesser affluent community in Newport Beach, and they're asking questions, how many people do you honestly think can not cooperate and not answer questions in that situation? Probably not many. Yeah, the one caveat. Right? I'm not going to get into a legal discussion, but if listen, if. The family doesn't want the attention. Who knows what's going on with this? Young, very most young people would not be affected well by something like this. They, they don't. You, sure. As a dad, I do not want my children to be going through this, whether they're victims or not, publicly. Right. Um, that's why we just have to chill a little bit and see what goes on. I'm glad you mentioned it, though. We have to track it. It is an important part mm -hmm. of our responsibility as well as the player's responsibility sure. to handle themselves professionally. Yeah. So we we will see what what happens. Uh, from there. All right, David, moving on to the in-season tournament. Yeah. Uh, group stage play ended on Tuesday night. And listeners know I love the in-season tournament. Um, we haven't gotten to knockout round yet. It's coming. What have you – it's coming next week. What have you thought about group stage play? What, is, what has been your opinion of the in-season tournament through group play? I'll be really honest. It, it's I'm wholly unaffected. I never think about it. Uh, I'm just focused on the games and the analysis. Um, Even when you see the weird courts and jerseys, you know, it doesn't like I'm make over, you, oh. I realize it's happening. I, I'm going to get to a point you'll, you'll hear. Um, I love, like I drove from, I was from Orlando and Miami and I'm listening to mm -hmm. NBA TV and podcasts and mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that they were hack a Drummond was a strategy mm -hmm. the other day. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm well aware of what we're going to talk about today, which is the, the, the mm -hmm. idea of that running up the score kind of thing. I, I I probably have the same approach as you. Them's the rules. So, but I've not been. I've not. I didn't. I was. I was out Tuesday night at dinner with a different player in a different city, and did not see anything. I really turned my phone off and just locked <laughs> it on the player. Yeah. And then heard about all this stuff going on Tuesday night. Um. I but I've been watching the games and I've just thought about it as basketball games. Um. But I like all this other stuff and I don't mind. I'm. I'm. I do respect the game. With DeMar DeRozan, you'll get into it all. But um, these are the rules. And this ain't the first. This isn't new. They've been doing this in, in other sports for a long time, right? So go ahead and get into the, the, the controversies now about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I wanted your perspective. And it's always so great because, you know, you were watching the games for a completely yeah. different reason, right? You've got to talk to players and give I'm them I'm trying to see what's going on in the whatever. game. I'm not thinking about the ramifications exactly. later on. It's, it's just the exactly. game all that matters. Exactly. 
Um, and so again, I love the in-season tournament. So do I. And we know that point di- point differential uh, in group stage play yeah. matters. So that if you have the same record and you're tied, we need some kind of tiebreaker. Well, the amount you win by determines. And, and there's going to be ties when it's just four games. Correct. You're gonna, that's yeah, just it's how not it forty goes. games. It's four. <laughs> Correct. Um, and there's been so much you know, talk from certain players. The, the entire Celtics team, Celtics basically, and it's been funny because Jason Tatum came out after they got beat by Orlando and Orlando was scoring late. And Jason was like, you know, I, I get the in-season tournament. I just don't like this idea of, you know, scoring. It's like you already have the game in hand. You want funny you're saying that because, oh, Jason Tatum, two nights later when you guys had to get extra points, what were you doing? Running up the score. And then Jalen Brown's like, I just feel like you got to respect the game. That's not how the game's supposed to be played. Drew said the same thing. And honestly, David, you know me. I am as pro player as they come. Guys, this ain't eighth, eight-year-old rec league basketball. You are professionals. You don't want to get embarrassed by 40. How about you play harder? Right? Like, I just, I don't, I, I'm so over this idea of, oh, this is not how you respect the game. Listen, if the game got out of hand early and you figure, all right, guess we'll just mail it in now, that's on you, right? You need to be better about that. Or if the coach is seeing that the guys who are on the floor have mailed it in, then something I know Dave would describe to, well, you guys get out. I'm going to put guys in who want to play hard and compete. This is the game. And as you said, the rules are point differential. So we win by as many as possible because it's going to come into play at some point. And I want to leave no doubt when that time comes. I told the story before the famous golf coach, uh, Harvey Pennick, who said um, uh, he had a a group of players come in, this is like the 1930s, and they want to play golf, and it was it had been raining for like five straight days, and they were talking about the rules they're going to play for golf, and they asked Coach Panic, what does he think? He's like, well, I think you can go play golf and follow the, those rules, or you can make up whatever rules you want. It just won't be golf. You can play that game if you want to. Just don't call it golf. It's something else. Mm-hmm. This is the rules of this, of this tournament. It'd be different if we were talking about regular season games that have nothing to do with the tournament. Mm-hmm. And even then... Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, there's no rules against running up the score if you don't want to. It just doesn't serve any benefit, really. And it's happened plenty of times before when a guy gets, stays in to get the triple-double to get one more assist mm-hmm. from the 20-20 game, whatever. Exactly. Shit like this happens. Uh, uh, you're, yes, you're professional, and these are the rules. If you don't like it, you can complain like you're doing, and you can try to change those rules next year, and then we'll play differently to that. But these mm-hmm. are the way the rules are. I, I appreciate uh, Missoula recognizing what was going on. Uh, I like the idea that some data people behind the scenes are doing it. And um, I talked to a player recently uh, who made a jump shot with like one or two seconds to go in the game uh, uh, because of point differential. And he had to think about it for a minute. And he's like, I let that bitch fly. Boom, he made it. He was happy. <laughs> whatever. This is the, how it goes. It's not the, it's not, we're not solving the Iraq war here or whatever war it is. Well, the, again, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. Guys, this is sports. This is not some geopolitical issue we have worrying about here with lives are at stake. This is a game. And look, I get it. Part of it is you feel embarrassed when you're getting blown out by 40 points. Yeah. I understand that. But how about you don't get embarrassed by 40? How about that? Like (laughs) This is the business we're in. I, I use that quote maybe more than anything else when I talk to agents and players that are frustrated. This is the business that we're in. We don't get to make the rules. We have to follow the rules. And these are those rules. And if they change, we'll adjust accordingly. But embarrassment is part of the deal. You're going to get dunked on. You're going to get the ball stolen from you. You're going to get blocked. You're going to miss game-winning shots. You're going to have embarrassing turnovers, like mind-bogglingly stupid turnovers, 
where you dribble it, you pick it up, you pivot, you dribble again, or you take six steps to score and they call it travel on occasion. This, you bounce this it off is your how foot, it is. Whatever. It's going to be on Instagram and YouTube and social media, and, and that's what the money's for. If, if no one really cared to share all the information, you wouldn't make nearly as much money. But it's, it's popular. Yeah. This is what happens. Yeah. I, 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 as when I talk to my players, I, no sympathy for any of it. This is just the game we play. Deal with it. Yeah. Correct. Um, I, I love Devin Booker's position on Devin Booker's like, look, man, this is this is the, to your point, David. It's what he said. These are these are the rules. I know the point differential matters. So yeah, we've got the score as much as possible. That is and, the name. And so, of the John, game. let me ask you, as someone who paid more attention than me to the act to that part of mm-hmm. it, uh, next year, mm-hmm. don't you think we'll see a much more intense battle? I think they're gonna. Absolutely. I think they're gonna recognize. Oh shit! I it's Tuesday in early mid November. Like we got to lock in, boys. Let's fucking Absolutely. murder them and not get murdered. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's another thing that I noticed. So the Mavericks were already eliminated in from advancing based on their record. The Rockets had everything to play for. They win and win by enough. They're Dallas wants it. to fuck them up. Luka is a yeah, motherfucker. 41. And I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. So he's like, oh, y'all ain't going to beat yeah. us to get in. And Spoil- even though we're out, I don't yeah. care. We know about spoilers in March and April. <laughs> This mm-hmm. was a spoiler in November, and I think the Correct. I think Adam Silver's like, yes, he loved yeah. it. He yeah. loved it, and Lucas like, and Casino, you know, look, these guys are competitive. Oh, yeah. You don't think they love to stick oh, it yeah. to somebody else? Right. Oh, you're not going to win, win on us. No, thank you. Lucas like, I'm going to score forty, whatever, and you're not winning tonight. Oh, oh well, couldn't do it. I love that. Agree. And again, we know you and I, David, are watching these games regardless, so it doesn't yeah. ultimately no. matter to no. us. You can't tell me a casual fan wasn't like, ooh, look at this. This is exciting. Because that's what they complain about, right? These guys don't give a shit and don't play hard enough in the regular season. Well, you're seeing it now. They are doing it. Now, ultimately, you and I, and we've said this a million times, this would work even better if the overall regular season was less games. Because the reason why is that these guys cannot go this hard for 82 games. It is physically I'll give impossible. you a quote last night. Uh, players said, we were talking about college basketball. Because we were watching college games last night. Uh, a player said to me, I can't even imagine playing three straight games anymore. And his point was, and, and this guy played a million minutes in college. 40-minute games like with national championship implications and stuff. Um, and that's the most you can play is 40, by the way, in college. Uh, they don't play hard like they do in the NBA. They, they think they do. And the point I made to them was it's not about physical exertion. Because mm-hmm. I, I think the NBA guys pick their spots better than, than college guys do. Mm-hmm. It's the mental exertion. It's the draining yes. of think, 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 read, 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 read. It is draining. I, and we were talking about it then. Or like, yeah, it's three games in a row. Two is hard. Yeah. They, I tell you, they like the, they like the baseball weekends. The, the, <laughs> thir- yeah. the Thursday, yeah. Saturday, Friday, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Get a state, especially Love in warm that. weather. That's pretty sweet. Or even better. Thursday, Monday, yeah. where you get two, or Sunday, you Even get two better. days off in yeah. between. They yeah. love in it. In the same city, <laughs> can settle down a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. No, it, it is. And, and you have the killers opposite you. Oh, I got Luca tonight. And then next, I got Steph Curry. You're just like, oh, oh my I, God. I, I, like, you're exactly right. I, I think I probably told you before. I, I, a rookie's dad called me one time. And he's like, Coach, when, does, when is it a break happen? I'm like, well, February. I thought it was an all-star break. <laughs> We're going to break in February. He's like, no, no, no. It's like my son's guarding the other team's best player every night. And it never ends. And these guys are impossible to guard. And he's being asked to do it. And he's competitive as hell. And he, he's doing fine, but he ain't doing great. Because these guys are the world's best players. 
and they get every call. My, my son walks on the court with three fouls. I said, oh, yeah, because I told him that. <laughs> he walks on the court as soon as he's getting three fouls right away. As a rookie, it never ends. It, it, it's, it, and then you're dealing with the politics of your own team. And why am I not playing more than the lottery pick from last year, even though he still sucks because he's a lottery pick and you weren't, whatever. All of this happens all the time. And what I would say is yes. that's what the money's for. You yeah. get paid a huge yeah. amount of money. It is really hard. You train really hard. You study. I had a player tell me yesterday, but he's about to play a team. He's already watched that team play the last two games on film. Uh, this is very common with these guys. And um, I, I told a player I was coming to Miami, and he said, uh, I'm going to Boca Raton. I said first to watch an uh, FAU practice. They're really good. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, 3 o'clock, can you meet me at the gym? I said, I'm, I'm leaving Boca at 1.30. I can be there at 3 because uh, he wants to get on the court for extra work. This is, mm-hmm. this is what these guys do. With it comes some yeah. negative things, right? You just got to suck it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, would, I just yeah. wish there weren't as no. many games. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, it, it, of course. So we we love that. We would love for it to be less games, and then it, you know it would just make things I think so it much better too. on their bodies. I think it would just, too. And and they would they would get the mental break yeah. as well. Um, we will, on Monday, guys. Coach and I are going to break down the quarterfinals. Uh, we're not going to do it now because you know we'll we'll give it to you Monday, and the game the games will, will start then. Uh, on the West bracket, we got the Lakers and Suns, Kings and Pelicans, and in the East, we got Bucks, Knicks, Pacers, Celtics, and you know. The NBA's got like great teams in yeah. there, and there's just if any of those teams advance to the, I wouldn't surprise me, right? Indiana goes in there. We play at the most blistering pace in the league, and they're just knocking down shots. I don't care if you're the Celtics or whoever, you ain't beating them when they're doing that. You know, single elimination game. Yeah, them be the breaks. <laughs> it's a nice mix. I'm not really mm-hmm. like I I I um I embarrassingly couldn't tell you. You you just said the name. I couldn't have remembered. Uh, I'm not. I will lock in when it's time. Yeah, yeah, I'm worried about yeah, that. That's how I go. No, no, what I'm saying is that's how I go about it. But the average fan yeah. doesn't, and uh, I think the NBA should be really happy. And I think yes. the Vegas games would be great. There is a, I, I think Hollinger may have written. There is a downside to yes. They, you know, there are some teams that have. A, I haven't looked to see who's playing whom except for a few teams. With that, they have to remake the games. So if you don't qualify, you still got to mm-hmm. play your games. Yes. There might be a yes. few teams that have a bad schedule. I don't have you about it. Yes. Yeah. So um, I believe the Knicks will end up having to play the Bucks five yeah. times this year because of the way the in-season tournament worked out. And because of the way the in-season tournament works out, this is like the travel day where you go to get to Vegas. And there's there's different elements, which is why I said if we cut out yeah, less games right. in the regular season, this will make right. this part easier. So there is a quote-unquote negative side to it that will be felt cumulatively at the end. And remember, the two championship teams will play 83 regular season games versus 82. And let's also not forget, if you're traded from any one of these teams, you might end up playing 86 games or whatever whatever the situation may be. Right. So that's that's something to to be mindful of. And look, guys, there are going to be tweaks and iterations, right? The format that it is now is not what it's going to be 10 years from now. Adam and the league, are, they're going to take feedback from the players and what's what's happening. And they're going to tinker and tweak. Listen, I only hope that they decide to, again, cut down some games that would make it great. But get excited. This is going to be fun. And like I said, David and I will break down uh, those games coming up now on, on, on Monday's show. It'll be exciting. And anybody could potentially win this. I, I want to really just add games. one thing. When you say cutting down games, mm-hmm. I want to I want to be clear. Um, we, you want 58. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. I, 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 we have to gradually right, get there. That's we what I just, wanted to say yeah. is, mm-hmm. is it'd be nice to say, okay, let's just cut to 74, 72, pick some number in the seventies with the play in 
and and let's just see where we go. Um, no one, no one's asking to cleave a bunch. We are, but they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, right. so let's just. This is a new idea that they're trying. Um, the G League has the one for two, which I think is a great free throw rule. Uh, let's let's try less games too. Like let's be open to all these things. See if we can get ratings higher, more TV viewing, and uh, and yep. make up for the loss of ticket revenue. Absolutely, and the the numbers have been up. the The, the ratings of all the games, really? the games in the same period as last year, That's we've good. seen. Yep, they spiked. That's good, and you see it because at the end of the a normal November game where a team is down twenty, you know they're down twenty. That game is over. Not so in these. These guys are like, I don't know. Get that point differential down. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's just, it's exciting. All right, moving on. Uh, David, last night, Zion Williamson scored 33 yeah, he did. points. And he only missed one shot. And he only missed one free throw. Uh, and you you put it in our, in our crew chat. Uh, he's coming. I remember, you know, uh, two seasons ago, not last year. Two, seasons, right? I picked him two seasons ago. You said he could be MVP. And that wasn't crazy because he'd already been the best interior scorer in the league. And his true shooting percentage was like 70-something. I mean, he's, you couldn't guard him. Uh, the question was, can he stay on the floor? Well, you know, last couple of years, he has not been nope. able to. But he is, he's playing now, and things are starting to look good. What, what, are you, what are you, have you seen from Zion earlier this season? So, I, I, I told Henry maybe 10 days ago, he's coming. And um, Henry was pointing out that his metrics were pretty average for Zion. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know, but he's coming. Yeah. And he wasn't arguing with me at all. He was pointing out a fact. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's, here's Zion in a nutshell. He's bigger and stronger than everyone on the planet. He's quicker and faster and bouncier than everyone on the planet. That looks like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But he also has an amazing feel for the game as a scorer. Amazing. Incredible hands. The ball just, I think he uses the force to get the ball to come to his hands, even when it's out of the way. It's amazing. <laughs> a real a real understanding of how to hang around the rim for shit to happen. And then also an incredible ability to score when he doesn't have a great angle. Like you can't just cut his angle off and say, okay, he's going to miss eight of 10 or seven of 10 or six of 10. He can flip it in over you, around you, even when he doesn't turn the corner and dunk on you. Though that last part wasn't happening. He was missing. His at the rim numbers were down, down. In fact, uh, I actually have ducks and threes up right now. Let's just, if we look to see Zion at the rim, it's, it's still not, I bet it's not where it was before, but it's getting better. Uh, he's at 64.2% now at the rim. Last year, 66.7. And I actually, and remember, he's he's young, Gerard. Like, mm-hmm. he's allowed to get better still. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what I saw watching him last night was uh, just more able to flip in those shots. Did you watch any of the tape on it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's just able to kind of turn the corner and throw the ball off the board. Yep. It goes in. And that wasn't happening. Um as frequently as it as it is now, as it was last night, and that's scary because you have a plan. You know, you know what they say with Giannis, we you wall up and prevent the straight line stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with Zion because he's better than Giannis at flipping the ball in without turning the corner. And so when he starts making this again, now everything's still at the rim pretty much, but uh, it it doesn't really matter when he can start making these shots. He's unstoppable. Yeah. And just yeah. wait if he develops a little bit of a second box game, a little floater game, which I think in the past he's had. Yeah, he's a rat. Yeah, he's amazing. And his hands are so good. Uh, he, yeah. he's, when he's hanging around the rim and the ball's kind of loose, he typically comes up with it. And then he scores. Yeah. Like, that's a gift. 
Yeah. So, it, okay. I want you to say more about that because fans who watch basketball probably heard announcers or commentators say that, right? Like they have a knack for hanging around the rim or being in the right spot at the right time. As you know, I watch a lot of European football and there's often strikers and certain players who are always seeming to be in the right spot at the right time when the ball magically finds their foot and they're able to score. What do, what do you mean by yeah. that? So there's, there's two things. There are some players who do it naturally that where they just, they know that the ball's got to get into the rim to score two points if you separate it from fouls. And I can't score outside eight inches, so I should probably spend more time at eight inches where if, I can, if the ball just kind of fumbles to me or passes to me, I can score. But you could also teach that. Just like anything else, uh, we are, we are a, a body of water and instinct. Humans are. And uh, life is all about learning instincts. I, am, I almost ta- I almost call my book, instead of basketball, that teaching instinct. Because that's what we do as coaches all the time. Uh, I'll give you a great example of what I mean by this. Uh, some of my players ask me to text them at halftime of games. Because mm-hmm. they, they're getting no direction. And they just want guidance. And they're allowed to look at their phones. So they say, we just think about what do you, what do you see. I'd, I'd rather just hear what you see. Read what you see. So the other day, a player had not taken any shots in the first half, and I suggested, uh, through no fault, the, the other team just wasn't guarding the other players, and they were scoring more. They were doing just fine without him. And I texted him at halftime, among other things, maybe look for just a race out, just an opportunity just to race down the floor and score. So um, sure enough, early in the second half, there was kind of a, a tip ball, whatever, and he just exploded down the court. Teammate grabbed it, threw it to him. He got himself a layup, got going, ended up having a really good second half. And we were laughing about it. And he's like, you kind of spoke into existence. existence. I said, no, I didn't. I just made you mindful of something you already knew to do and just hadn't been thinking about it. But this is a way for you to, okay, I got to get off the snide somehow. This might be a way to do it. Uh, and so we can teach that kind of stuff. So uh, with young big men I have who can't score outside eight inches, I remind them, the best thing you can do is constantly be around the rim. And if the ball finds you, just turn to score. If you're hanging out at 10 feet, 12 feet, that ain't going to happen. If you, you know, design is good enough to get it 12 feet and get to the rim too. But with those hands and with that quickness, he's so quick and agile and balanced. Mm-hmm. He, he's just a guy that can be around the rim. Just loose ball, offensive rebound, tip, tip, boop, just score. He's just right yeah. there. He's in the same. Yeah. I love what you just said. Same as the striker in fo- in soccer, football, European mm-hmm. football. Uh, that's talent. It, it doesn't mean it's not taught. The talent can be taught or the talent comes in the form. He already knows to do it and he can put the ball in the net. You still got to put the ball in the net, right? There's plenty of guys that might have a feel for getting open around the net and don't put it in. Well, those guys don't play in the, cha- in the championship. <laughs> Zion is the elite striker, the elite striker. Giannis was that way in the NBA Finals. He just mm-hmm. was super opportunistic. Zach Randolph, you have to have great hands mm-hmm. to be this kind of guy. Zach Randolph was really good at that. I value those guys very much because they're getting buckets when other guys wouldn't get buckets. Everything else was the same. Even if a guy had a feel for being around the rim, if his hands weren't great, whatever, and a touch wasn't great, he wouldn't have scoring. I like those guys that can do it all. But it is... It is really fun to see. I would like to see him add some range to his shot now again. He had it before. Yeah. And I think, you know, development is, is that's part of it, right? And it's not always linear. And he's got, he's young, 23, 24. No, but I tell you what, they're looking for him. 
when they're coming in transition, he likes to – a lot of guys like him. If you can't get ahead of the pack, trail the play. Let the defense react to the ball. They make their decisions. I'm guarding him, him, and him. Then come in from behind. So we do a drill a lot of time in every basketball good coach does it. It's called um, – uh, three on three or uh, four and four on three with trailer, three on two with trailer. The trailer tends to be the defensive guy who catches up to the play. So if I can't score three on two as an advantage within three seconds, here comes the, the, the sixth guy, and now we're even. You can do five on four with trailers. It happens all the time in games. Yep. The reverse is also true. It could be three on three with trailer, the offensive trailer. So everyone matches up with someone. Here comes the fourth guy. No one's accounting for him. And that's Zion. So when the Pelicans are coming down the court, they're scanning as they're coming. They're If they're smart, and some of those like CJ Lewis guys are, where's Zion? Because when in doubt, yeah. throw the ball to that dude, you're probably going to score. No, that makes, makes total sense. And his that game last night where he was you know so highly efficient um, on, on, on a high usage, it dovetailed nicely with a, with a post I saw on, on Twitter about the 15 players in the NBA who are carrying a plus 60 true shooting percentage while being primary off- offensive hubs where there's a plus 25 uh, usage rate on offense. And the list is who you'd expect, but it's still, it's incredible. So I'm just going to read the list of guys. So these are, again, everyone who's plus 60% true shooting with at least 25% usage or higher. Steph Curry, Tyrese Halliburton, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, SGA, Giannis, Lonnie Walker IV, Devin Booker, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, Damian Lillard, and Alperin Shangun. And I was just looking at that list and I was like, damn. Like that, that ability to be that high usage and to be that efficient offensively. Well, that's why I don't know. T- ten of those guys are clearly first ballot Hall of Famers and among the greatest players of right. And LeBron, KD, Steph, right, three of the greatest players of all time. Like it's just it's incredible to be able to do. Well, I, I didn't look at that list, but I heard you say it. Only one of those players isn't a max player, or or will be. Yes. Shane Dunn's probably going to be a max player now. Lonnie Walker. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the only one. Pretty amazing. Yeah, he could yeah. be on a heater, yeah. an extended heater. I think he's on a heater right now. Let's see, <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, yeah. he's a, he's an elite company. He's a very elite yeah. company yeah. for sure. It, it what what so a player, David, that can do that, that can be so efficient on such high usage, where you are number one on the scouting report every single night. Like, how are you able to do that? Besides the immense talent, of course, that's the starting point. You don't got that, no chance. Okay, well. Baked into that also is uh, a relentless pursuit of being that kind of productive and efficient every single night. Uh, Scotty Barnes has struggled after the first two weeks of the season with teams orienting their defense towards him. That allowed Siakam to start flourishing more. Last night might have been one of the first games they both scored over 20, and they beat Phoenix. What do you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Booker mm-hmm. couldn't make a shot. Um, that's I, I think Scotty struggled with being the man every night. And I, I, I probably told the story, I won't go into detail, but when Dwayne scored 36 against the Mavericks in the NBA Finals, when they did everything they could to stop him and couldn't, I texted a young Kevin Martin, who I spoke to yesterday. He's 40 years old now, amazingly enough. Um, like you see, like when you want to be that good, that's what it's going to be like every single game. And uh, it's just hard. So you have to bring it. You have to study. You have to be uh, always looking for your opportunities when the matchup's right. You can't miss one. They fuck up and you got a bad player on you, you got to kill them every time. You're not going to get that chance. You're normally going to see the teeth of the defense and the best defenders, not not bad ones or average ones. So take advantage when you can. It also helps to be able to get a lot of free throws and make them or shoot threes. Because yes. that's adding efficiency, right? You're shooting free throws where the, the shot, there is no shot attempt once it goes in anyway. Correct. 
where you get the three, you get the extra point for the shot. So that this is guys who go to the free throw a lot, make threes a lot, or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Just incredible, incredible stuff there. All right, guys, we'll be back uh, after this brief commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, David, um, another um, list that I saw were the top 10 players in fouls yeah. drawn. And I'm sure this also wouldn't be a surprise to you. I saw I this list. list. Number one, <laughs> number one uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Joel Embiid, Jaron Jackson Jr., Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Porzingis, Trey Young, Nikola Jokic, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. A lot of overlap, by the way, with the last list we just gave. I'm like, shock of yeah. all shocks. But, but what names surprised you? There's a couple. There's three. Mm. There's three that surprised me. But that don't surprise me, but would surprise the average person. Maybe. Bam Adebayo. Sure. Chris Stapps. Sharon Jackson Jr.? Yep. Yeah. Those guys, uh, that's a big key to being a higher, high-level scorer. Get to yes. the free throw line. Yes. I talk about players all the time. You've got to find ways to get fouled. I sent a player a clip the other day. He got to the second box. He had a beautiful fake. His guy jumped. He kicked out for three. That's fine. I'd rather take the free throws. And I sent it to him. He's like, and he wrote back, I got to do that. Like, he wants to do it. He's a young player. <laughs> you got him up in the air. Now make a pay by land, let him land on you. Um, so, Yeah. Porzingis, the Celtics are using him well. He's posting mm-hmm. up. He played great last year. That helps. He's doing well now. Pam and Jaron Jackson Jr., that is not something I would have projected three years no. ago for them. It's a big part of their learning curve. Yeah. It's exciting yeah. to see. Yeah. Pam's having an all-star season. Oh, well, Easily. Going Easily. back to the that in-season tournament game, so that, that last group stage game where Milwaukee needed that win to beat Miami to, to, so Miami couldn't advance. Jimmy didn't play in that game. But that game was competitive down to the end. And Bam, was the that, he was the focal point on offense in a way, David, that he hasn't been in the past or hasn't demonstrated that he has the ability to do. But he was the guy in that game. And I was like, look at Bam. Oh, my goodness. Development. Right. Yeah, he's improved. Yeah. He's the captain of the team. He's the leader. Yeah. I mean, he is yeah. the captain. Yeah. I mean, I think they named him captain. It's okay. Not, okay. Some guys are captains. And they're not named it, but they're 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 in charge right. of the team. Like uh, Kyle Lowry does a lot for the Heat too. For but sure. Bam is the voice. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see. It's not Jimmy. It's Bam. No, it it, it was incredible, and and that game was too funny too because those teams clearly don't like yeah, each other no, for obvious no, right, reasons. Right, right. <laughs> Miami always beating Milwaukee. And now Milwaukee's two and zero in the regular season. 
Yeah, and so now it's like, you know, they're 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 kind of talking. And I mean, Spo was hot in that game. I mean, he's always like, but I'm like, man, he is he, intense. That's the word I game. got yesterday is that he's intense. Not a lot of coaches yeah. are intense. I had I had dinner recently with a player who told me his coach is he's like he's a good I forget the way he termed it. Good people. He's good people. Mm. He's he's a good guy. We like him. But uh he just coaches in a monotone. And yeah. he was comparing yeah. him to the G League coach they have, who's fiery and a good coach also. And they, the player I talked to said, I, I prefer the G League coach. The mentality, mm. the mentality of that. Yeah. Like, I want someone to get me excited to compete. Yeah. The NBA coach is just flat, this particular one, and you can't do that, I think. And and this is, you know, this, this actually dovetails perfectly in something you can speak to a lot, even though you don't coach an NBA team. It's a fine line, right, David? Because over 82 games – you can't be firing brimstone for 82 games, right? That It's going to fall flat at some point. Well, Thibodeau might disagree with you, but. <laughs> it's true, true. He, he would disagree with me 100%. Um, uh, something came out of, of the Warriors' epic yeah. collapse in the in-season tournament game uh, against Sacramento Kings. They were up double digits, big lead, and, you know, Kings just turned it on and did their thing. And Kerr made a surprising move to go away from Moses Moody, who was hot and, like, playing really well. Um, just to put the, the vets back in. And, you know, Steve said after the game initially, he said, you know, we had to get Wiggins and Clay back in the game. Um, that was important. And then maybe yesterday he went on the local radio show in San Francisco and said, you know, that was a mistake by me. I should have kept Moody in the game. He was playing well. And David is a fine line, right, between managing egos and coaching. I mean, well, you can probably say it's part of the job of coaching at the NBA level. Clay and Wiggins, Clay especially, but Wiggins also because he won a championship in 2022. I mean, he's won a lot with that man, right? And he's he knows he's an integral part of us continuing to win, or so he believes. And so as a coach, Curse probably like, I cannot lose him right now by not playing him. But at the extent you're doing that at, at the expense of maybe coaching up a younger guy who could really help you win now going forward. And that's hard for a coach to do, right? How do you balance that as a coach? It'd be great if in this world if we always could see the forks in the road before they come, but we can't. And so I like Kerr being honest about what he, his mistake, in his mind, his mistake. And now going forward, he, he knows, okay, uh, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with Moses here. I'm not going to say to Clay, hey, Moses is cooking. It's only going to help us collectively if we have more than just you that I can play at the end of games. And so he needs to learn from it. Yeah. As opposed to not learning from it, which is, I think, endemic in the NBA. Just very common. Same mistake, same mistake, same mistake all the time. Yeah. Uh, you have to first recognize your mistake. But you, as an NBA coach, right? So, and Kerr's a little bit different because he's yeah. got a, a lot of job security. Although he has no contract beyond, I think, this is his last year or next year's well, his last year. More importantly, that doesn't even matter. He'll get hired right. tomorrow for even more Co- money. Correct. Yeah. And he's got all the money he ever wants. But in the NBA, you as a coach, you are beholden to stars and veterans in a way, kind of, or at least that's how some coaches approach their position. Yeah, I think that, uh, well, for sure, what you just said is right. But I think that in this case, particularly, Steve now has to have a talk with his team about, I've got to be better at recognizing that our elasticity of a team is not dependent on the core. It's dependent on the, the non-core. We got to make them part of the core because these guys are up and coming. And so, when, so, guys, you're going to have to sit sometimes for whatever reason. Maybe Moses is cooking. Maybe he's not cooking. I think he's going to cook. That's my job to guess what might happen. 
you guys have been bankable for a long time. You're not as bankable as you used to be. I don't know for sure what I'm getting from you uh, commonly than I, as I did five, seven, eight years ago. And these guys are coming in their own like you did when I gave this you the chance to do it, you know? And so just bear with me. We're going to try to figure it out together. And, and then you got to tell those young guys, I'm going to give you more chances. You got to show up, you know, put pressure on them. And it's not about making shots only. It's got to be more than that. Although sometimes it is about making shots. Uh, you can't yeah. make, you can't will a guy into making shots. You got to get, you yeah. got to, but you got to get Moses comfortable and confident that we're going to give you more chances. I, I actually am high on that. I'm high on him. Um, I think there's a chance there for him. I've been high in Golden State all season and still am. Yeah. And still am despite their record. Yeah. Eight and 10, I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're talking about is what we talk about on the show all the time. Well, there's got to be that trust there between coach yeah. and player to hear that yeah. message, right? If they, and I would imagine at this stage with Kerr, he has built up enough equity and trust with that group that he can say that to them, right? I would assume so. Um, we'll, we'll find out how that, yeah, how that so, plays out. But, right. So, but the next phase is action. So I, I, years ago, I, I realized I was on a trip and I realized I'm, I'm, I'm not handling my daughter great. I, I'm not happy with some things regarding school or whatever. We're not out a little bit. She was getting up the age 14, 15, maybe 14, 15. And um, I did something I'd never done ever, which is bring my gift, give my, my kids something home when I travel. I never wanted them happy dad was gone. So I got a T-shirt or whatever, Nick, a toy. But I brought her like a little teddy bear and, and I brought home flowers and candy that were in her bedroom when, when, I got, when she got home from school because I flew in during the day. And I wrote her a card and just said, hey, I, I realize I'm, I'm not helping the situation. I'm on you a little too hard. I'm sorry. Um, none of that means a fucking thing if I didn't change. And so, Steve Kerr, I'm glad you apologized, my man. Who gives a fuck if you go right back <laughs> to doing the same thing again and again? And that's where Moses Moody, I'm telling you. Uh, Moses isn't a whole lot older than my daughter was when I did this with her. Um, uh, he'll remember. Thank you, coach. Now let's see what happens the next time we're in the same situation. That's when you really build the trust. Anyone can say whatever they want. What are you doing? And is it consistent? And I think her probably will, but we'll see. That's when yeah. you start really, I mean, I'm happy to say my daughter and I have a super close bond. I think she greatly values that I realized I wasn't being a great dad. I would have, I've never been a dad before. And they had <laughs> twins. It wasn't like I went through it already with the other one. Boys are so different anyway. I, I just realized I, I don't want to be at war with her anymore. She does care. I've got to pivot, right? As a coach, we, yeah. we got we to gotta pivot. And um, uh, this is step one, recognizing your mistake and now act upon it appropriately and we'll see what happens. I love it. Um, you have a, a piece coming out, uh, the Rookie Report it's out sometime now, yeah. today. Oh, it's out right now on truehoop.com. Um, and we're going to talk about rookies besides uh, Chet and Victor. We, we know about them. Um, they're, they're doing they're uh, the some best. great stuff, Chet especially. There's one rookie, I mean, I want to talk about a few of them, but Jordan Hawkins. And the reason why I want to talk about Jordan Hawkins from the New Orleans Pelicans is he was interviewed probably on a shoot-around morning of, of a game or something, and he said something to the effect of, all that dribbling shit is cool, but you know how you stay on an NBA roster? By shooting 40% from three and defending. And I was like, ooh. I bet, I was like, I bet if Coach Thurf hears that, he's like, I like the I sound wish, of that. I wish that, I that, that makes... for my article. <laughs> I, I um, that is, I mean, yes, of course, I'm not saying dribbling doesn't matter. Of course it matters. But I think his point was all the looking cool stuff to do whatever, yeah, 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 great. If I can shoot well from three, 40%, and if I can guard, 
I'm going to be on this team and on this roster and get significant minutes. And that's what so many players have to get through their head, right? How do I contribute to winning? Uh, listen, Jordan Hawkins needs to take his own advice on defense. He's, he's a house <laughs> on fire on defense, but he's a skinny young guy. I'm a big right. fan. He can really shoot. His stroke looks great. Um, I was funny when I was talking to Kevin Martin yesterday. On a totally, they're retiring his jersey at Western Carolina, and he wants oh, me nice. to come. And I can't. I, I already promised I'm going to see my son play, and so I'm going to that. But um, I, uh, I asked him what he thinks of the NBA. He still speaks to the Player Association like every month. He's still very involved. Mm-hmm. And um, he said what you kind of just said. He said, um, Coach, I think these young guys dribble too much. This guy <laughs> averaged you know, 20, 20 plus a game, six different seasons. 25 a couple times, um, and he could really handle it uh, when he needed to, especially. But he didn't over-dribble. His usage rate was always way lower than most scores, and I like, I'm probably was a little part of that. And um, Jordan Hawkins needs to get better ball handling for sure. But, but always take four dribbles when you can, not five. Always take five, not six when you can. Try to limit as best you can because you're, even if you're moving somewhere, it's slower than passing the ball. It's about moves faster passing the dribbling. Um, but I'm a fan of Jordan Hawkins and I, and next to Zion, like put shooters next to that dude. And, uh, I think he's got a real shot. Yeah. Yeah. Zion with four shooters. I mean, you're cooking. And I I would imagine something you probably think of when you think about dribbling, the more you dribble, the less is out of your hands, right? In possession. That means more chance for the bad guys to take it from you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some, you know, some guys have to dribble, obviously, uh, uh, Terry's Halliburton dribbles a lot. So does Steve Nash. Okay. Who cares? You think too much? For, oh, no. Not, I mean, not too I, much. I, yeah, I, Fine. I think – actually, I had a player tell me recently, Tyrese's willingness to throw hit-ahead passes makes up for his stickiness in the half court. Uh, he's okay. going to make a great decision typically in the half court anyway. But getting rid of it early for an easy bucket for someone else, that goes a long way towards saying, okay, this guy, is, you know, he wants me to do well. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, another rookie that we all liked coming out of the draft was uh, Blah Koulibaly in Washington. Now, unfortunately, he's on a dumpster fire of an organization. I don't know what they're doing, but you're seeing some good things from Mr. Koulibaly. I am. He's shooting well and surprisingly so. His uh, form doesn't look great, which is a good sign for me. When you have bad form and make shots, that's encouraging because you can tweak up the form and probably not fuck the shot up. So he's got talent. Yeah, no, he's good. Um but did you have you read it yet? Because I just got it to you late. Did you see? Yeah, it got to me late. So I I only got like little okay, bits and so pieces. So there's one guy that I think everyone should be trading for right now. I don't know if you'll get him. Mm. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know if Jason I know. Jason Wallace. Who's the one guy? Oh, he's Oklahoma scoring City. at yeah. an incredibly highly efficient rate for a basically almost like a, he's 20 years old, and um, it's amazing. And so to me, every team should be thinking about. Oh, I want to. I want to get my Shea, right? OKC got Shea when he was. Eh, it looked like he'd be a decent player. He was pretty good for the Clippers his rookie year, right? And then he's MVP level guy. So who can you get? This is what every team should be thinking about. You should have a team, maybe three people, guys and girls. All I want you to do every day, all day, is figure out what young player that is is gettable, that has a chance to be an All Star, and their team doesn't yet know it. The problem, I think, with Kaysen is I think the Thunder know this guy could be an all-star. So we have Shea, yeah. and we got the next Shea. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Yeah. They might think, like, hey, he's not going to help them win a championship this year. Maybe maybe right. Mikael Bridges will or something like that. And that, and that's the thing. OKCs, we've said a million times, can't keep no. everybody. No. Like, at some point, right. this is going to be a right. math problem right. for them. So can you get to the head of the curve? Like, he's been, he's been shooting the shooting ball. Really, really well. True shooting percentage over 70%. Come on. For a guard. 
20 year old guard. Another player, we talked about this team. Uh, uh, we didn't talk about this player yet. Jaime Hakes Jr. Yeah. Um, you have said this all the time about players in college. Anybody who was player of the year in a good college conference is going to be competent Probably. when they get to the NBA. Yeah. Probably. And that's what Jaime Hakes Jr. Yeah. looks like. He looks like he knows what he's yeah. doing on a basketball I had an NBA player tell me uh, the other day, he reminds him of Jimmy Butler on the court. Just Oh, that's high Yeah, praise. he's not as quick as Jimmy. Jimmy's really quick. But um, even now, as an older guy, uh, Jaime can play. He just, yeah, he's got a feel for everything. He's shooting, I think, 40% from three, which is mm-hmm. encouraging. Uh, rugged individual, got good footwork. Yeah, he yep. just, he's got a chance to, I, I would not project him as Jimmy Butler. This player did, who knows him better than me. But uh, he's mm-hmm. going to be a solid guy, a rotation player. It's a good job by Miami drafting him and coaching him up. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last player I want to talk about, uh, the Jazz are another team who I think they want to keep losing. So, okay. Um, they they gave the keys, the starting keys to point guard to Keontae George. Uh, he played well in summer league. So I know we were hiring him then. I saw a lot of I saw him in the tournament uh, in those two Phoenix games, particularly a lot of stuff I like from from Keontae George. What are you liking from? Keontae he looks George? like he's going to be a good game manager, uh, a good decision maker, quarterback the team, get us into our stuff, get organized all the time uh, in um, chaos. I, I had a player tell me once. He judges a player based on how they do when the shit's happening. And uh, let's get a good shot. Let's get the ball in a good spot to our best player, second best player. Keontae looks like he has a, maybe a good feel for that. Uh, we'll see how he shoots and we'll see how he defends. He's very yeah. young. And so, yeah. we, but, but there's, a real, there's a real potential there. That is so valuable. The ability to get into good offense yeah. and, get in, and possessions. Ha- having so a voice. Tricky. And having a presence, hey, give me the ball, Kyle Lowry. Let's organize here. Here's what we're doing. Think in the game Chris all the Ball's time. The master. Yeah, Chris Paul. Think in the game. Yeah, uh, I, a Miami Heat player told me once, Kyle's asking all the time, talking to Spo about stuff. Not arguing necessarily, just what do you think of this? What do you right. think of this? How about this? What if I try this? Like, I really like that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. It is time for top five. I got it. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang on. I got my list. All right. All right here all right. we go. The, the five best teams in the NBA. All right, David, who is number five? Number five is going to be – I play a team you don't have. They played the okay. fifth toughest schedule, and their net margin is good. I've got the Cavs there. Ooh. Yeah. They're, they're just I, – I, a, a schedule is a big part of how I do this, how you're playing recently. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're doing fine, but they play the fifth toughest schedule. I have a good net margin, so I got them at fifth. I don't dislike that. I have a quick question for you about the Cavs. Do you feel like Donovan Mitchell's sometimes tunnel vision hurts them a little bit? I feel like he's always looking to score, score, which is very, of course, he's a lead at. But maybe we can do some other stuff. You know, when I watched the Cavs play last, I was really happy that Darius Garland was playing well and Donovan seemed thrilled. He is, he is single-minded of focus, but I don't think he cares if other people get off. I really don't. Yeah, just good. Okay. Number five for me, Nuggets. They're uh, sort of rounded in the form. Um, I mean, rounded in the form, whatever that means. <laughs> they're, they're, they're playing with Nicole Jokic, who's fucking ridiculous. MPJ had a great game last night, and Jamal Murray is back. Yeah. Um, They'll be on so, my list, I bet, you know. next week, but they're five and five last 10. And I just, mm-hmm. I made a rule I'm not doing any five and five, and five team last 10 to make my list. That's uh, unless you're winning the season and winning a bunch of games. Right. Number, number, number four, four, only because they played a really weak schedule, 25th weakest. 
Um, okay. uh, fifth, 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 yeah, weakest, 25th strongest. The Orlando Magic winners of eight straight. Listen, they're the hottest team in the league. They, they got to be yeah. in there. Oh, by the way, did you see uh, it was Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs at the end of that game? They recreated that famous uh, lob dunk that Dwayne Wade and LeBron no. James did with the whole picture. No. With, oh, it was so good. I, I'll, I'll send that you I'll send sucks. all I miss all this stuff. It, it was so good. It was so good. Look, they're having fun. And Orlando, God, you've been so shitty for so long. Like, for so long. They're guarding, like, man. They're fun. guarding. They're stealing they, it. Ooh, they, they sure are. Um, they got blown out last night, but they're still very good. I have the Philadelphia 76ers. See, I I I think they're they might be seven and three last ten. Um mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. Yeah, I didn't I didn't pick them. Uh uh MB they, they MB didn't play last night, I don't think. And MB that did not play. MB did not play last night. Yeah. All right, number three for me. <laughs> uh 24th easiest schedule, but eight and two last ten is Milwaukee. They're coming. Yep, yeah, that's Yep, I got the Bucks yeah, at three they're two. Coming. They're they're just playing well. Uh, shock of all shocks, uh, Damian Lillard and Giannis and Tentacupo pick and roll is a very effective offense. Who yeah, knew? right. It's funny. <laughs> and then I have a tie for number one. You have Ooh, you have these, you, you have these teams one and two. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, one team has played the second toughest schedule, and our third adjusted okay. net, adjusted net. That's Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the Celtics yeah. have the best adjusted yeah. net and play the tenth toughest schedule. So Correct. I even it yep. up, and they're they're tied for me. I can't give Minnesota one outright. They're tied, but they're no. tied for one. That's the loftiest yes. they've ever been in our podcast history. I gave them two on the Wolves and Celtics yeah. one. Look, uh, Anthony Edwards hit the floor hard last night or the night before. I haven't checked yet to see what's going on with him. That's a problem if he's injured. I, I haven't heard anything, so maybe he's fine. Um, and look, Rudy, by the way, you know, listen, Rudy gets a lot of shit for a lot of reasons. Some of them really stupid. Others, okay, I kind of get it. But man, that guy's still like fucking awesome yeah. defender and does so many really good, good things. Yeah. Really good. And Mike Conley helps them organize on offense. We talked about before, knowing what to do. Guys, this is a good shot. Here we go. I, I love everything about this Minnesota Timberwolves team. And Carl Anthony Towns, who I mentioned, was on that list of high usage and high yeah. um, true shooting. Yeah. Listen, they're coming. Uh, okay. We're yeah, coming. coming. And the Celtics, fuck. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? You got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew, Derek Brown's White, not, Chris. Brown's Brown. not even playing great. Just wait. And he's not what even he playing does. great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're really good. So this this is all fun. Those are the best five teams in the league. All right, everybody. Uh enjoy your weekend. Get ready next week. It's knockout round of the playing tournament. This is, I mean, who doesn't love knockout round? Everyone loves knockout. Like, you're gonna see these games late. It's gonna be like one possession games and like coaching them, like timeout, diagramming plays, and like the tension and stress. I love it. This is why we watch sports for this fun stuff. And it's going to happen next week. And David and I will break down the quarterfinal matchups on Monday. All right, everybody. Take care.